It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. So, Elisa, going into year seven, how does it feel being every step of the way with, with Kalani Sataki now seeing this program going into the Big 12? Uh, it's been fun. It's been, um, been fun. It's had its challenges, uh, had its rewarding moments, but um, loved, loved every moment just being here with Kalani, uh, experiencing it. And experience is a word that I feel like is... Uh, should be a buzzword for this defense. I think the defensive line in particular, everyone pretty much returns except Lopa, uh, Lea, Lea Tower from last season. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's a, a thought that, you know, what will change with this defense? Uh, you know, what, what, what should people out there expect from the defensive line uh, coming up in 2022? You know, we, we've got a lot more experience, you know, and so with experience comes, uh, comes better play. And I think that that's an expectation that they put on themselves. I mean, there's a lot of excitement um, just with, with the D-line. They know how good they can be, and they know that um, how just disruptive they can be, and I think that there's a lot of excitement with that. And so I think the expectation they put on themselves, which is um, good play, I mean, good D-line play, stout play, disruptive play, and, and uh, just good contribution to the defense. In, in the media portions in spring, um, back in March, we saw – a lot of four two five, but I think a lot of people don't realize that's been kind of a calling card for you guys. Four two five, four three. I think uh, it, it, people always think of you know three four per se. But could we see more four linebackers this year with with how much depth is at the linebacker position? It it depends. You know, it depends. Uh, it's uh, if uh, if uh, if the best play, if the best eleven are are uh, for the job um, involve four linebackers, then it's going to be that. You know. It's uh, you have you have D linemen out there for a reason, right? It's like if it weren't like that, you'd have you'd have all backers or all corners. You know what I mean? It's like the job description of what a D lineman does, which most people don't understand because they don't really they don't know the nitty gritties of just what what uh, a D lineman does. I mean, that it's it's the dirty work, right? It's the same for the O line. It's the trenches is is dirty, and sometimes even the best linebacker that you have. He's just not cut out for the job, you know. And so, um, whatever whatever we end up doing is going to be the best thing for the scheme and for the for for trying to stop the offense. It could end up being, uh, you know, it could end up being. We've got we've got personnel groupings where we've got six D linemen. We've got six D linemen sometimes, you know, a little bit more goal line short yard, and then we got some that are that are two or three. It's just it just depends on what's required of them, but. Um, you know, the job descriptions, everything. It's what are you trying to do and who are the best people to get the job done? Some of the upperclassmen on, on the defensive line, I think some people sleep on is a guy like Earl Tuyoti Mariner, been through a lot with injuries. 
what do you expect from him? He's taken advantage of the COVID year, but is he healthy one, and, and what type of impact could he have on that D-line? Yeah, Earl's Earl's healthy. Earl's uh, Earl's been a bit a bit a contributor and a phenomenal player for us. Uh, I mean, the last two years Earl's been really good. Um, this year coming up, you know, when Earl decided to come back, I thought it was it was a huge plus because um, he brings a lot to the table. He's got a lot of experience. Um, you know, obviously those guys um, they all they all you know um, play well together. You know, they've been around together playing playing for a long time, and so. Um, having Earl back and some of the other guys with experience is going to be huge for us. Alden Tofa is another guy that's upperclassman. What he was starting to show really some flashes. I thought some breakthroughs at the end of last year. Uh, what do you think of uh, Alden coming back? Yep, Alden, um, Lorenzo. I think they both came in the same year. I mean, those those guys bring bring a tremendous experience um, with the development of the young kids and just the competition that's going on. And it just gives us so much more depth. You know what I mean? And so. I'm excited for Alden and Zoe to come back, and I think that they'll, they'll all have good years. Who are the young guys that maybe could have an impact to try to fight their way to be in, in the two deep? I know Logan Fauna was showing some great flashes early on in spring, but then he had a setback. Uh, who, who are some other young guys that do you think could, it's not unreasonable, think they could contribute this fall? Blake Mangelson, John Nelson, Josh Larson, Hunter Greer um, are all the young guys that those guys had a had a really really good spring, um, you know, they, and they all you know a couple of those guys play multiple positions as far as just a strong end and a D tackle, and so um, we've we've got depth with those young guys, and we'll have those guys for the next few years. Blake Mankelson's kind of freaky uh, from Juab High. You would never think of a guy like him could could come from from Juab, but I I mean I saw something with. A speed test you guys did. I don't know. You could maybe speak to more, but he was one of the fastest guys on on the team, and he's what six six, just kind of a freaky guy. What yep. could, what's the potential in someone like him? Yeah, he's he's got big time potential. I mean, uh, all those guys do. I mean, you're, you're, you know, Blake Blake six six. I think he's like two fifty right now, but he 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 can run like he runs like a deer. Um, you know, jo- John Nelson plays. John Nelson can play anywhere on the D line. Like he's he's that good. I think he can play strong end, weak end, D tackle, three technique, nose. Um, and so you know him being being a guy that's multiple, um, and just and just how big and strong he's gotten. Josh Larson really, you're talking about the guy that's put on weight. I mean he, when I went out and saw him, we recruited him, signed him. He was like 230, right? Yeah. He redshirted um, and played for us. I think I mean, played a couple snaps for us during his redshirt year. But he's 310 now, and he is a freak. He's one of the strongest guys in the weight room, um, is super explosive. The good thing about having guys that were small at one point is they still, in their mind, see themselves as small. And so they still move like they're small, but they're big. And so he, he's been a guy that's been really, really impressive this spring. I, I was really excited about him. Um, and then and then Hunter Greer, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that could have gone both O-line or D-line and has just done a phenomenal job. Redshirted and was on the scout team most of the year last year, and just got he's getting better and better and better and better. I mean, all those those guys are all going to be good. What's the latest on on Naisamahe? We, we didn't see him in spring. Uh, was it precautionary? I know he's dealing with a little bit of the shoulder. It's, it's great that he's even playing after the scare he dealt with last year, but uh, or two years ago, excuse me. But what's the latest on Naisam? Yeah, in, injury sat out in spring. He'll 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 get back and he'll get better. Um, the plan for him is to really just bring him back uh, the right way. You know, I mean, 
he's, he's a guy who's got a lot of experience, so bringing him back a little bit too early could hurt him. And so we've got to make sure that we use the depth that we have to just protect him a little bit from himself. I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be pissed off at me and want to get in and all that stuff, but I'm going to be really, really slow with him. I, I, had, uh, I had the same experience with a, a defensive attack when I was at Utah, and uh, he was the same thing, kind of a little, little disappointed. We didn't play him a little bit sooner and all that and protected him from himself, and then he ended up playing in the NFL. And so I think, I think we've got, it's our job as coaches to make sure that we, we do that. We, we put the best product on the field but also protect the players from themselves sometimes. They could, they could end up hurting themselves. Who was that player, if you don't mind me asking? Stevie Tuikolovatu. Yeah. Yep. Who ended up at USC for a year? Ended up, yep. So he, he, he played back up to Filippo Morofisi and, and Lowell Lotrulele, um, uh, Sese Anu, so some of those other guys. And uh, he played a little bit, and then the next year he played a lot, and then he transferred to USC. And so, um, you know, he, we were at the point with him, too, where it was kind of like, okay, you would just play him, and if he breaks, he breaks. And I just, I just didn't feel good about doing that and saying, okay, no, let's he, – he's a 330-pound D-tackle that broke his foot. Like we're gonna we're gonna take it slow with him, and he may think he's ready, but it's different when you're trying to when you're a big guy taking on um, six seven hundred pounds of force back at you when you're taking on a double team, and will your foot hold up? Like no, let's, let's just wait a little bit longer, you know. And so I'll probably do the same for Nisa with his shoulder. Uh, one name I didn't see on the the roster today was Brooks Miley. Uh, what's what's the status with Brooks? Yeah, Brooks Brooks uh, got hurt. Brooks got hurt and was, uh, had uh, surgery, and so backing him down for the semester, and then we're going to bring him back in January. Because yeah, he, because he, he's from Pineview, right, and he's bright future head. Oh yeah, he's. I'm actually really, really excited about him, and that's was, um, you know, he, when we recruited him, I mean, he and his parents trusted us, and I told them, dude, trust me, because he just barely had a surgery, I think in April, and so I was like, if you stay on scholarship, you're going to have to come back in the middle of the season and contribute on scout team or somewhere like you don't just we don't just take anybody on the team and just sit around and not do nothing like you need to be doing something i said it would be best for you to just not do anything let's let's heal you up properly so you can have a bright future and i think i think he's gonna have a bright future he's gonna be a really good player it's the story of an american held in a dark venezuelan prison then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.